Craft Beer Radio, episode 314, on December 21st, 2014. Well, it ain't no use sitting and wonder why, baby. Even you don't know by now. And welcome and to Craft Beer Radio, episode 314, episode Jeff's 38th birthday. It is indeed. And, uh... Doing a show tonight. Too bad it's a work night, so we're not. Yeah, gonna, not going to get too crazy. But we'll have a New Year's show coming up. I guess we should uh, mention that. Yes, we didn't promote it last time. So last couple of years, Greg and I haven't done much out in the real world for for New Year's. So it's kind of become tradition to do a live show on on New Year's. We don't really broadcast it live, but we record it live, and we've taken callers. Mm-hmm. We've had not really a call-in show. It's more of a panel yeah. show right you join for a bit we bs we drink a lot of beer we have fun it's not our normal show it's, we so, used to do a thing called um beer geek roundtable and it's yeah. sort of that concept but just turned into a once a year thing yeah so if you're sitting around on new year's um new year's eve nine eastern till 2 a.m eastern ish <laughs> you know Hook us, look us up on Twitter, and we'll be or Twitter, Facebook, and you'll see information on joining the call. Probably a, what a Google Plus. Um, It'll probably be a Google Plus, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, just we'll make sure the that hangout. Yeah, yeah. It'll be on Twitter and Facebook. You'll be able to see the information, the important information. Tonight we're going to do kind of a Belgian, Belgian themed show. Yeah. Um, three of these beers I picked up at House of a Thousand Beers, which aren't available in our normal market. Uh, one I picked up at John Eagle, and then one was sent to us by the brewery. Sounds good. So where do you want to go? Where do you want to start? I think we should start with the one called Session Ale. All right. And so that... this is Yunk Session Ale. It's Belgian Session Ale. Yunk is um, in some place that I don't know. It's in New York, right? <laughs> it's uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, okay. Because they're on Philly Tap Finder, so I imagine... That means that they're in Philadelphia. Can you give me your glass? I can't Absolutely. It. So their page is very not is not well ordered, but I did manage to find information about the session ale. Four point five percent alcohol by volume, twenty one IBUs. That's kind of all they tell me. Uh, this they they describe some aromas of lemon zest and black pepper, but I don't know whether that's included in the brew. I think they're just probably describing esters and phenols. So four and a half percent, huh? Yeah, it's a hazy yellow, a little bit more uh, towards gold. Yeah, and it's a it's a bit golden. There's a slight haze to it. Um, you can still see your fingerprints through the glass, but it's not crystal. Mine is a little bit, a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a bit, a bit, a little bit cloudier. And the aroma, it, it smells wheaty, it smells a little lemony, you know, like a, a wheat lemongrass type aroma on it. I would agree with that. It smells There's pretty... something, a little estery in there, almost yeah. almost a bubble gum, but... Not not quite that not quite, far. Yeah. But it, it, it smells nice and clean, you don't, you know, detect any immediate flaws or anything right off the bat. Yeah, so if it's not bubble gum, maybe it's a little bit like uh, clover... With a little honey, a mm-hmm. little kind of honey yeah. clover ishness. This is the maniac 
Se- yeah, manioc session ale, Belgian style session ale. It actually has a a lot of kind of clovish stuff on the <laughs> that's hitting me. That, that's that's the thing that really hits me right away is this clovish earthy note, a little bit mushroom like, a little a little bit pepper like. Reminds me a little bit of um, I can't say I've had a ton of these, but there's there's a Belgian session ale called a grisette. Um, grisette literally translated is like lady in gray, and the Belgian miners when they came out of the mine, there'd be kind of like the growler, the kids bringing growlers. There'd be ladies outside the mine with beer, you know, and the beer got the name of the lady who was delivering it, right? The grisette, and it's a Belgian session, and and can't say I've had a ton of these, but East End did one a couple years ago. And I, when I drank this, it kind of took me back there. Hmm. It's thinner on the mouthfeel than most Belgians. It has... So actually now that... That... Um, that cloviness is sort of landing me, is leading me towards hops. There's definitely um, a deep, uh, I think a relatively high alpha hop here. That's giving it a good amount of bitterness, but not a huge amount of like, not a huge amount of flavory notes, not a huge like pininess or citrusy stuff. There's some weedy lemon in the background, um, and a little bit, a little sweetness from the malt that is kind of like I said, reminiscent of honey. There's a some of the sweetness. This is kind of a stretch for a call, but it's reminding me of like a marshmallow or something like that. There's a little bit of. I'm not sure <clears throat> exactly how to describe it. Let me try to dial in on that a little bit more. Is it lychee? By the way, that was what we were talking about last week. Oh, right, the, right. The peeled grape thing, it turned out to be lychee. That's not what I was thinking of. But now that you've implanted that thought in my head, it's kind of there too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> talked about the pre-show we should just mention it briefly um we changed our logo this week we did we it now has a since 2005 so you know just how long we've been doing the show <laughs> I, I like that I, I i'd like to get some uh feedback i know it's not going to win any awards um i wanted to kind of keep some of the old logo i wanted to modernize it you can tell that i'm not a designer and i copied a bunch of design specs from ios 8 icons mm-hmm. but uh and I also wanted to make it fit in square spaces a little bit better than, you know, a little circle in a big square space. So, uh, yeah, send us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Um, I know people hate change. So so maybe look at it for like a few hours before you write your feedback. <laughs> Let it sink in. Sleep on it. Mm-hmm. This is, um, it's, oh, you know, as I'm... Drinking it, it's I'm getting a little bit more of the maltiness, right? Mm-hmm. Some of some of that phenolic in the wheat and whatnot. You know, I'm kind of not noticing that as much as I did in the first couple of sips, and now I'm getting a little more of the body in the and you know a backbone of malt coming through, and it has this. It's it's a little toasty, and it which kind of surprised me because it's such a light beer. I got mm-hmm. this really nice toasted flavor, and. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, being a, a Belgian-style session, you know, it's not going to be huge in any particular flavor, but this is a really good drinker. It's going down smooth. I'm I'm, right now, I'm, I'm of the opinion that it's only okay. It, it's not really impressing me all that much. It's it's not, like I said, it doesn't have any major flaws. Uh, it doesn't have any real... It, it, it's the kind of thing that seems out of place in a 12-ounce can. Yeah. It's like, you know... A beer like this, I wouldn't have a growler of it. I want to, you know, because you could drink most of it and not get intoxicated. It's it's coming off a little, um, a little bit too phenolic for okay. me for for the other flavors in here. I think the phenols are dominating it a bit, and okay. I don't think that that's quite what I want in this kind of style. But to each their own. All right. Well, as Greg finishes that up, we have a beer here called a single, so that's probably the next logical place to go. This is from Hardywood. It's a Belgian-style Blondale. So, single is still 6.2% alcohol volume, so, you know, it's not exactly mm -hmm. session. This won the silver in the 2014 Virginia Craft Brewers Cup, Belgian and French Ale category. Hardywood is in... Richmond. This is 30 IPUs. It is their flagship beer. I've had a few Hardywoods. Um, had them with Saver. JD sent us a couple of them. But I really haven't had enough of a brewery to really know where the brewery's mm -hmm. coming from, you know? So, being their flagship, this would be helpful. Okay, the beer pours... Uh, it's a little bit lighter than the last one. It has about the same amount of haze to it, where you can see your fingerprint through the glass, but it's not crystal clear. It's uh, not quite golden. It's more of a bright yellow straw color. Has some nice uh, nice bubbles coming off the nucleation sites on this. You can really see. sort of. Mm -hmm. It's a little champagne-y in, in its quality. Not as, not as <laughs> vigorous, but mm -hmm. still. Thin lacing, right? The aroma is something that's reminding me of. of uh, I'm sounding a little bit dandelion there. Yeah, I was thinking like a field. I was thinking like florally, like a yeah. like a wildflower or a field of flowers or something like that. There's a little bit of, um, say, apricot or no, no. Um, if anything, I'm getting a little bit of, of, a, of a sort of apple, but something. I, I, I said apricot, the fruit I was thinking of was a tangerine. No, no, not not that. I uh, I can't think of my name, fruit names tonight. <laughs> not tangerine. I think an apple, but more along the lines of a sort of uh, baked apple. Okay. What the heck is that fruit I'm thinking of? What color is it? It's it's like a peach, but not hairy. Uh, nectarine. Nectarine. That's it. So what is a nectarine? Probably a it's a hybrid of a peach and a something, <laughs> an apricot probably. Mm. 
It's a nice, delicate aroma. I, I keep smelling because I want to try to pull something else out of it. It seems like it's going to give up the go- give up something here soon. But I feel like the first Hardywood we, we had was probably their gingerbread stout, right? Yeah, I think that was... Well, that was the first one we had on the show. I think we might have had some at Saber prior to that. But... That makes sense, yeah, with the first one we reviewed. Mm-hmm. Right. Down the hatch. Has a higher level carbonation. First mm-hmm. thing you notice is kind of a little bit of zing on the tongue. And that plays nice with the, the sweetness that you're getting there. It has a uh, We're coming off that session ale, which had mm-hmm. a very thin body. It was very weedy. This one has more of a malt character. And, uh, and then late in the aftertaste, the bananas start coming up. Like, uh, as I was talking, like... Mm-hmm. Big strong banana note came through. Uh, Similar phenols in a session, you know, but this has this is more stuff going on to limit their impact. Mm-hmm. The the malt is definitely sweeter and more present. Like you said, a, a thicker mouthfeel. Some, I think you know, peach is probably the right flavor in terms of the the general tone of the beer. Hmm. It's got a, a good amount of carbonation on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Hardywood is available out in Philly. That's where House of a Thousand Beers goes to go get these. Excuse me? It's not available in western Pennsylvania. Hmm. Pair with shellfish, poultry, fried foods. What doesn't go good with the fried <laughs> Light sauce, pasta, semi-soft cheeses. Are you having an ethereal, a truly ethereal experience? I'm always having a truly ethereal experience. <laughs> so this is no different. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Again, I mean, I'm a pleasant. This is a pleasant beer, a lot that I'm enjoying to drink. It's just one of those beers where it's not telling a huge, copious yeah. story that you know we can go on and on for ten minutes about. They say on their page that because uh, they talk about the Trappist styles, and they say that unbeknown unknown to many, some of the Trappist brewers also brew a milder ale for daily consumption within the walls of the monastery. Hardywood single is our interpretation of this style. You don't see a lot of singles on the market. Yeah, I mean, you don't see a ton, right? I mean, yeah. Smutty Nose does one. Uh, Hardywood does one. There's probably a few others that don't go by the single name. Yeah. But yeah, you don't see them like you see the other Abigails. Doubles, triples. In particular, quads yeah. aren't super prevalent, but you know, probably see more of those yeah, than you do singles. I think it's harder to make quads just because the <laughs> grain bill is so high. Right. Hmm. Now the question is, do you want to go? Well, we can't, now I guess we can't really go up the line, right? The yellow gash is six point one percent, so I'm thinking we probably go there next. Okay. Because there is a double coming up, but it's it's probably going to be the <laughs> it's probably going to be more forceful than the other, so we'll save that for last. Yeah. 
That's probably a wise choice. That was the Hardywood single from their flagship beer. I think a pretty decent flagship. You know, it's different mm-hmm. than than other flagships. You know, it's not just a plain old IPA, but um, it's a good way to get attention. Oh, sure. Uh, I was an enjoyable drinker. Like I said, don't let our lack of pontificating about it yeah. mean that it wasn't great. It was a good beer. Now we're doing a very old, as in well-established beer that we never see around here because Allagash pulled out of the Pittsburgh market well over five years ago. Look at how clear that is. They that is haven't a... been back. Um... This one came, again, to House of a Thousand Beers via Philly. Um, looking at the code here, it was apparently bottled in 1984. Maybe that's not the year. <laughs> bottled in it, it was bottled at the six, 416 on 1984. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is made with... Two-row blend, malted rye, oats, and dark Belgian candy sugar, hopped with Tetanang, Bravo, and Cascade hops, fermented with a traditional Saison yeast strain, 6.1% alcohol by volume. I misspoke when I said it was a very old and well-established beer. I was talking about Allagash White, and I realized just now that it's the Saison and not the white we're drinking, so... That's true. Well, I mean, this has been around since 1984. What are you talking about? Right. So I don't think I've ever had Allagash Saison before. So the beer, this one's a little from it's a little bit cloudier. Actually, look at that. Greg got the top of the bottle. It's crystal clear. Yeah. But it is bottle conditioned. So I think we'll keep them separate. We'll kind of compare notes, maybe blend them if necessary. I think so. Okay. Definitely so, a, a lemony bit on the nose. And mine has a, I'm not sure how much phenolics you're getting, but mine, you know, you say lemony. Mine's more like a really clear lemon pepper, right? I'm getting a, a pretty good phenolic boost here. Maybe just take a sniff off of mine. Compare. Yeah, yours is actually a bit a bit stronger in the phenols, and mine is weaker. Yeah, here, let's blend. Blend? Yes, yes. blend. Blend. Saison, uh, over the course of uh, however many years we've been doing this show, 10 become one of my favorite styles one of the the styles that i would not have expected myself to love as much as i do mm-hmm. okay so for me the 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 mixed and blended now that does a couple of things we have the same beer in the glass now but also we worked out some carbonation yeah. uh it went from more of a lemon pepper to a lemongrass you know it's a lot more weedy yeah. uh now is what i'm smelling and that makes sense that the yeast is now partitioned evenly or more mm-hmm. evenly. Right. There's, so there, there is less of an abundance of the phenols in Jeff's glass. Yeah, still there's, you know, those citrus notes and then there's these pepper things in the background. Less flowery than the last one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that lemon through in the flavor. I like it a saison. <laughs> it's, I like something that's a little more. So this one does. I'm like a in a saison. Like when I 
we talk about like how I like English style barley yeah. wines, how I like certain things. When I think of saison, I want something. I don't want something funky and sour, but I want something a little more rustic, right? I want something that feels. Yeah, and, and this one's kind of not the rustic kind of saison, you know. So, not saying that's bad. I'm just saying, you know, as I drink it, it. This is cleaner than some other ones. It doesn't have as much of a. Uh, you know that that coiled rope kind of feel that that slightly dusty feel, but I think it's still there. It's it, but it is um, very satisfying to drink. It it, it has still has those citrus notes in the flavor, and, and it really does fill the mouth very well, without feeling like sticky or anything like that. I wish I've had an Allagash White. More frequently than I, than I had because, I mean, you're getting some of the lemon f- notes, you know, coriander is not really assertive in here, but, you know, it doesn't seem like, like I would love, I mean, I wish I had kind I, of I'm them. I'm getting more, more funky notes than, than, really? than you were saying, okay. I think. I'll have to keep, I'll let, I'll let it warm up here. I'll keep trying. Uh, it just seems, like I said, I haven't had white in, geez four or five years if not longer and um, you know Jeffy loves his black <laughs> Allagash white <laughs> and I don't know like I said that's too far to really draw conclusions but like my my subconscious is telling me this is a lot like white but I might be reaching there I don't know I imagine that the general blend is well I don't know they, they don't have they don't say wheat is in here. Really? They say two-row blend, malted rye, oats, and dark Belgian candy. Two-row blend. Oats, rye. Okay, so the okay. So let's take another look and think of the spicy rye as opposed to the lemony wheat and see if our brains and our tongue are more appropriately wired now. So some of that thing I'm describing as funk at the end could be rye. Yeah, I think so. I mean, now that I'm thinking rye, it, uh, see, part of what I was trying to play off as coriander mm-hmm. was rye. Yeah. You know, so I was miscommuni- I was misdiagnosing something because I was, you know, in this whole Allagash mindset and what my brain was trying to bend into coriander, now that I'm thinking yeah. rye makes more sense. This is one of the... I think constant things that we, we should harp on more, but we, we forget to, is your perceptions play such a huge role in, you know, your your understanding of, of what you're tasting. Because right. it plays such a huge role in what you end up tasting. You know, tasting this blind, I doubt I would say Saison. I'd probably call it a wit beer. I, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to say. Yeah. Not yeah. knowing it is rye. And who knows? If I didn't yeah. have the Allagash suggestion... Would I have called it a whippy or would it taste more saison to me? I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it plays both ways there. Yeah. But getting the idea to look for rye gives us right. gives us something that we can build off of. Now, I mean, the brewer could be sneaky and say there's rye in there and not have there be rye in there. And we would probably still taste rye in there. That's part of the way that psychology works. And it's crazy and interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's just the way things work. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is another, it's another very drinkable beer, right? It just hits all the right notes. 
Again, nothing to really dive into deeply, but there's you know it has a good good drinker to it. I mean, there's something could... about the way that I think that the the lemony aspect in the, of of the saison it hits a right note for me. It feels like it 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 hits something in, in the back of my mouth that the okay. other beers haven't. I don't know how to describe that any mm-hmm. any better way. There's something that's a little um, what's the word I'm looking for? A little. umptuous or delicious about it, right? It kind of makes you salivate, right? Yeah. It's not quite umami, but there's something in there that, like, right now I'm just, like, yeah. salivating, right? There's, I think maybe it's the way the rye is playing. I don't know, but there's something in this beer that just kind of encourages it, encourages you to take the next sip, right? And, and it makes it feel satisfying, it. you know, the same way yeah. that potato chips do, right? You're, yeah. you're satisfied, but you want more because you want to keep experiencing that yeah. flavor. There's a certain deliciousness. No, yeah. I'm not using that as a the best beer ever. I'm using that as and there's this quality that is just very satisfying and, and good and you just want it again. That is a uh, that's a bottle quote. I've never heard one. What's that? That's a bottle quote. I mean, there's bottle that, quote. Oh. There's a quality about this that's satisfying, and he just wanted it again. <laughs> satisfying, delicious, and he wanted it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Sure. So, before we go on to the next beer, should we... Whoa! <laughs> well, I think it sounds a little louder to us than it does to okay. the system. I've noticed that the piped-in music the last couple weeks have been a little bit low, so we made some adjustments. Um... You know what the do 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 do's mean. That means we're going to start plugging Amazon. Christmas season's about over, but if you're looking for some New Year's gifts, you can always go to... Because <laughs> New Year's, you always give gifts to New Year's. If you're looking for those glasses, I'm sure they're on Amazon, the 2014 yeah. gla- 2015 glasses. There you go. Probably on Amazon, or scarves, or all kinds of other goofy stuff. Craft... You don't go to Amazon.com. That's that's the whole point of this, is to make, to ingrain, to train you with a Pavlovian response. You never go to Amazon.com. You go to craftbeer.com slash Amazon. No, craftbeerradio.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa. I was so excited, I left off the radio. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Or slash A, if you don't want to type the Amazon, yeah. or the, the Amazon. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Then you just do your shopping. You buy all your 2015 Baby New Year stuff, and it doesn't cost you a penny more. And we get about 6% of what you spend instead of Amazon getting it. It's a win-win-win, except for Amazon gets the business, you yeah. get your stuff, and we get 6%. The only just, people who aren't winning are people who are not getting... Yeah. Who, who, who you didn't use for Amazon instead of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Whatever Greg just said. Uh, if you're looking for website hosting, we also have a link on our site for Bluehost. And if you sign up for a hosting account there, they give us a pretty nice referral for that as well. All right. I think we, uh, I think we got ruined that, that well enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, Hmm. All right. So, what's next on the list? We're doing another thing that's a saison. This is the Monkey King saison, farmhouse ale from New Holland Brewing Company. This was the one that was actually sent to us from New Holland. Yes. Yeah, I hit up our buddy Joel, and he uh, hooked us up. So they are in Holland, Michigan. Thirteen point five degrees Play-Doh. 
draw you degrees, Play-Doh lovers. 6.6 grain alkali volume, 23 IBUs. The grains that are used are two-row and wheat, hops, crystal, and magnum, uh, Saison yeast. They say that additional technique is that it is fermented hot. Now, I was asking you what that means. So Saison's the yeast, they give off their flavors at high temps, like mid to high 80s, maybe even creeping into the 90s. Um, so that's probably what they mean by hot. Interesting. I want to point out that the website and the piece of information and the the paper they send us are different. The website says 5.6% alcohol by volume. The uh, sheet they gave us says 6.6. And the bottle says... If they all three are different, that'd be really funny. Um, I don't think the bottle says. The paper that we have says 13.5 degrees Play-Doh. The website says 15. 25 IBU on the website, 23 on the paper. Hops and grains are the same. It's named after the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Really? Monkey King and his band of winged monkeys carried Dorothy's group to Glinda's south country where they discovered their path's home. All right, so I just opened up. Okay, so if you want to get the page they sent us, you go to the website that's on our link and you go to the second button or second dot and you click spec sheet. Oh, and you, you will go. get the PDF version of the same thing that's like this, and you'll see the weirdly the note they're different. So who knows? Okay, so the aroma on this one, it the three beers so far have all been in a similar vein. They've all been a bit weedy. They've been this one has mm. a more rich character to it. That's that's the first thing you notice when you stick your nose in the glass. Yes. It almost has it's not a huge beer, but it almost smells like it has the potency of like a wheat wine or something like that, right? It has yeah, it that smells really saturated, like, like like a wheat wine, I yeah. think. I would say it comes off like a slightly alcoholic French toast aroma. Okay. Or maybe, maybe a rum cookie of some sort. Doesn't smell boozy to me, at least. You know, when I it like, smells a little boozy. Maybe, maybe see if you get the same. No, I'm not getting real. I'm I'm getting the. So when I when I was trying to say wheat wine, I was unfortunately wheat wines also have a booziness typically, but there's also that saturated flavor or saturated aroma, right? And that's the component I was more so commenting on. Interesting. Let's see if I can pull anything else out of this. Maybe some pears. Oh, good call. Yeah. It's, it's more of a clover. There's that, that one thing it does continue with some of the other beers is kind of that clover um, like clover, clover honey type aroma in there. More like field of clovers. A touch of buckwheat. I can see where you're going with that. I don't know if I 
totally agree, okay. but I, I understand why you said that. I don't know if I have a counter to that, but... Mm-hmm. Buckwheat kind of carries through in the flavor to me. Where it's kind of... How I would describe buckwheat as opposed to barley malt. Um, it's kind of like the rye of wheat. Kind of. It has a kind of a very rustic feel to mm-hmm. it. Um, it's a little more woody. Right. It's a little more... Um, a little earthy. Earthy, musty, dusty... I, I was thinking, I was go, I almost said leathery, but because we tie leathery so closely to Brett, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to use it. But right. if but if you can think of a leathery that's not Brett, then then go ahead. But uh, hmm. <laughs> Heather just sent me a text saying, "Be glad Greg is allergic to cats." Ugh, she's upstairs wrapping gifts right now, and the cat's like. In the paper, like as she tries to wrap it. <laughs> well, okay, so the last beer we judged from the bottle that it was brewed in 1984. This one was brewed in apparently year K141. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that was a good year. <laughs> well, we started using letters instead of numbers in the years, it changed everything. I wonder what that means. So typically these labelings are like the number of days in the year, right? So I was wondering if K was like the 14th letter in the alphabet, but it's not, right? It's the 11th. Um, I don't know what K-144 means. It was apparently bottled at 12.42 p.m. (laughs) I don't know. It would be great if they had on these websites, I mean... Compared to when we started, the brewery's websites have evolved considerably, so it, it's it's very nice. But it would be nice to have an, a sort of key for the little things that go on the bottle, mm-hmm. just for those who are interested. But they don't want to make it too obvious, right? A lot of them don't. Like the pre-show beer, the 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 inkjet on this one is. P four seventy five four zero four five one six two eight. That's my social security number. <laughs> I hear a niner in there. Actually, that'd be a good password. <laughs> Where is it? I can't even find it. It's in black on the front. Right oh, right okay. There. Yeah, it's hard to see. Yeah, that. that yeah, that. That's not my. That's my Wi-Fi password. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to the Monkey King from New Holland Brewing Company. It's more malty, but it's also very dry. Mm-hmm. Right, because you have that kind of like chalky feel on your teeth, right? On the like in the top of your mouth and the inside of your teeth. Sure, but it also is at the same time. It's more malty than some of the other one, than the other ones we've had. It's. It's another, you know, it's a, the thing I, <laughs> what am I trying to say? I've started the sentence three times and I have no idea what it's I'm trying to say. stuff that does the stuff. I think that saisons carry with them a whole lot of different ways to do them. So, mm-hmm. Like some other 
styles, like, like you know, IPAs. So there's a lot of ways to do IPAs. It's a lot of ways to do saisons. And, this, and we have two very different ways of doing a style that still fit in, I think, with the style of saison. So mm-hmm. I am, I'm enjoying it. I think that, you know, I didn't smell the buckwheat too much, but I feel it in the flavor. I'm a buckwheat fan. Okay. Actually, I just took another sniff and it was like even more potent. I'm, I'm really getting it right now. I think you're right on with the pears. I think it's mm-hmm. a very good call. It's enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it is. Come on, we need a beer with tons of storytelling ability. Well, <laughs> well, you say you want storytelling ability. Well, our next beer is based on a show that is known for its storytelling ability. <laughs> Pretty so, much. A link, maybe? <laughs> Um, our next beer is, this is the first of the Game of Thrones beers we've had on the show. But not the first Game of Thrones beer. No. This is the Valor Morgulis. Valor Morgulis. It's a double. That, for those of you who don't know Game of Thrones, is, um, Valerian, old Valerian, for All Men Must Die. Okay. They even have it printed on the cork. No, they have Valor do Harris. Oh, oh, that's different. On the cork, Valor oh. do Harris means all men must serve. Wow. <laughs> You're a nerd. <laughs> I think this is the first... Do we have... I've read all the books, so there you go. I'm trying to think if we've had any game... Or you said this is the first, this is the first show. Game of Thrones show that we, beer that we've had on the show, but it's, it's, I think, the third? I I know that's not necessarily true, or at least... We, I we, had, we had one at the game at, at the Game Maker Beer Fest. We had the Stout. Okay. I thought I had one other one in the fridge at one point, but I don't remember drinking it. Mm. But I don't know. So, it is malted with their carefully crafted mixture of specialty malts that they're not telling us about. Dark candy sugar, it's topped with Apollo and Hillertau spalt. No spices, 8% alcohol by volume. They would tell us the hops, but not the malt. But hey. Of gangs in New York, they are owned by Duval. Duval Morgat USA, so they're a craft beer again. Oh, really? Well, they, yeah, that's, uh, so... I, as far as I can tell, and I have not done any kind of rigorous research on this, but, you know, Duval bought Omegang, mm-hmm. no longer a craft brewer, big hoopla, right? Which uh, gets into the later part of the story I make it to. But then I realized, like, last year, that, like, Omegang was craft beer again, according to the Brewers Association. And the best I can tell is that Duval spun off their American subsidiary, Duval Morgan USA or something like that, which... Allows them to not, you know, because they're not owned by a non-craft brewer or something like that, they're craft beer again. Because Boulevard is now owned by Duval Morgan USA, and Boulevard is not is still a craft beer, right? According to the Brewers Association. Brewers Association. This is all based on Brewers Association. Language. And the reason that we're thinking about such things is because this week, Founders sold a 30% stake to a Spanish beer company. Mm-hmm. 
which by definition means that they're no longer craft beer. Because I think it's 25%. Tw- no more than 25% can be owned by a company that is in the alcohol industry that is not themselves a craft brewer. So, Founders is ruined forever. <laughs> or at least until they... So, spill out all your bottles of breakfast out. Canadian <laughs> breakfast out. <laughs> Sweet Luscious or whatever that's called. You know, all those beers. Imperial Stout, just send them to me, actually. That's the best thing to do. And uh, Why not me? <laughs> send them to us. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, a couple years, the definition will get modified to 31%. And who knows? Founders might be a craft beer again. So it's interesting, this whole Game of Thrones thing. You know, we haven't really commented on it much because we haven't had the beer on the show. Mm-hmm. But Game of Thrones is a popular show. They decided to make some, you know, and, and it's it's typical that that shows will try to you know branch out. Mm-hmm. But they, in in order to make their beers, they went to a real, a, a real you know, a real brewery, an excellent brewery. Yeah, um, that's what's different, right? Yeah, they didn't like they make you know Jimmy Buffett Lawn Shark or whatever <laughs> Land Shark Land Shark Lager. Yeah. yeah, they decided you know we're gonna we're gonna actually put the kind of effort to it. So. Did you uh, see that tweet that I sent about the Canadian company that's making um, Star Trek beers, making a Klingon beer? And I think I it's did. It's different from the old Klingon beer. Remember, there was that blue Klingon beer? It was, from it, like, it was Romulan Ale, right? Rom- a Romulan Ale, yeah. right. From like, that was like back in 2007, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing it in Japan. That, that's, okay. see, that's the first time I saw it. Was at uh, was it Fred's Beer Bar in Japan? Okay. Well, there's a Canadian company making Klingon ale now, but it's made by some craft breweries here in the United States. Now, it's not available in the United States. It's brewed in the United States and then sold in Canada. It's a Canadian company selling beer in Canada, but they're contract brewing in the United States. See, here's my Star Trek nerd coming out. Klingon's like blood wine, not ale. It's Romulans who have the Romulan ale. Well. Or at least that, that's what everyone loves right, is Romulan right. ale. Sure, no, I... I I'm not gonna argue with you. I don't know anything about blood wine, um, but I saw I saw a picture on Twitter that it, it, there was some people standing at the bowling line wearing like Klingon, like forehead <laughs> and outfits and whatnot. That's and, funny. Yeah, uh, I I think it's interesting because Game of Thrones also mostly talks about wine, but there is beer in the background of the story, yeah. so it's not out of style or it's not out of the world that there are I mean it's out of the world there's craft beer right but eh, not necessarily you'll appreciate my tweet about the Klingon one right like I'll have I have to give these guys a pass because I don't want to have another clown shoes fiasco (laughs) yes (laughs) don't judge a book by its cover um but yeah I mean I was thinking like there are other media strategies that may be more powerful I mean they may have sold a uh, more Game of Thrones beers if they worked with you know Budweiser or Miller Coors or something, but they decided to um, to do this on a smaller scale, but still large enough that it was noticed, but still but but small enough that it would be a company that is noted. It's, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really prepared to talk much about the, the strategy, but I mean, it's it's a premium price point yeah. for the beers. It's. I understand the connection of the the medieval feel of the Game of Thrones right. uh, and Belgian beers makes sense, right? 
I wonder if the, th- if the thinking is, is probably also along the lines that the people who are more likely to watch Game of Thrones are more likely to have extra income. It, it, it probably fades into that area in terms of it, you know, their demographics. So they say, well, what's popular with that kind of group? And uh, Maybe. That seems a bit of a stretch. Well, it's all circumstantial. It's yeah, called that. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the beer because that's the thing we can actually... So the the color, it's a Belgian double. It's exactly what you think. The beer is, it's dark, but it's very clear when you can get an angle where you can actually see through it. It is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a ruby to brown. It's a, it's a, it's a real, I mean, it's red. Beer wise, it's definitely red. Uh, color spectrum wise, it, like I said, it's a, it's a reddish brown. It's kind of pretty. Thin, highly carbonated head. Looks like it has a really high carbonation level on it. The bubbles are really fine coming off this thing. More pear and apple and a hint of cherry. It's been a while since we've had... It's been a while. It's been a while <laughs> since we've had the Omegang double. It would be nice to like have a, a fresh reference of that versus yeah. this too, right? Yes, it's been quite a while since we've had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything Greg said, maybe a, a touch of more of the dark fruits, you know, some plums and things like that, prunes, prunes, more so than plums. A little bit of brown sugar, so a, a hint of molasses. Okay, so my first sip, the really high carbonation appeared to scrub like most of the maltiness off my tongue, and I'm left with something that's really dry and a bit chalky. And a little, I don't know exactly how to put this, but there is something, I'm trying to use my words, I'm failing. (laughs) Don't worry, Max has those problems too. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm about as good as a three-year-old. That's nice to know. It feels a little thin at the higher end of the beer, at the at the upper. <laughs> See again, I'm failing figuring <laughs> out where we're talking about. So this. upper end, do you mean like? So I'm confused by the statement, right? Because well, the if, if the, you what I would, like if I was trying to like. Translate the upper end of a flavor into a beer. That's that's where the thin things happen. Right? Yeah. So saying that's thin right. up there. So I'm I'm trying to give. If, if you imagine that the the taste is, the, you know, a huge bar, right? Just a, a you know a, a a bar of a solid bar, uh-huh. and you said that the carbonation comes in and scrubs some of it away. Mm-hmm. The carbonation to me, I have very visual things, but the carbonation is scrubbing away more from the top than it is from the bottom. I think it's more of the multi presences or at least more of the the deeper flavors are staying, but more of the uh, more maybe more perfumey, maybe more estery stuff is getting lost and uh just a bit of it is come is is coming through and because it's it's disconnected it feels off. Okay. I worked out a lot of CO2 on that last sip, a lot, and it still has a lot of CO2 in it, in it for me. 
but I was able to taste a little bit more of the um, oh. so here's if you take the um, Girl Scout cookie the Samoa like take that's the all, peanut butter one, right? No, that's the one with the coconut. Okay. And the, the, the chew one. Take all the chocolate off of it, right? So you're left with like the the, the syrup, the coconut, you know, things like that. A little bit of that, you know, there's kind of like a Twix wafer in there or something like that. You know, mostly the, the caramel syrup, you know, stuff that sticks everything together. I was getting a lot of that flavor. I'm still trying to work out some carbonation on this. Okay, I got a decent amount out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my carbonation's finally where I would like it to be. And now I'm tasting... I think so. So I think what I'm tasting really is that it feels a bit... I, I can clarify a bit more. It feels a bit empty on the sides. It feels like it's coming down the middle of my mouth pretty pretty strongly with um, some you know basic double flavors. Nothing incredibly special, mm-hmm. but... The side feels a little weak and it feels a little bit almost aqueous. Okay. I mean, where I'm at right now is pretty good. I mean, the pears are really showcased. You know, it's a nice ripe, um, like, yellow pear, like a danju or something like that. Um, excuse me. Getting a little bit of, of other um, stone fruit type flavors. Excuse me. That Very last... Good. I finally put a noise in, the sh- in this one. That last sip is actually very good mm-hmm. that was the first sip that was very good but that last sip was very good it had had a lot of a, a lot of sugar a lot of deep uh those stone fruit flavors some there's a there's a i don't know if i want to say tartness but a little bit of an acidity that reminds me of cherries yeah. coming off of it yeah yeah i that that chalky dryness, you know, that scrubbing of the CO two. Now that I've worked out, you typically mm-hmm. like things with a higher CO two level than I do with these kinds of beers. But for me, I finally worked this one down to where it's. it's I, I'm completely agreeing with you that that the the high CO two kind of hurt this beer, and you really need to work it out before it gets good. And I also think that a deeper a deeper swallow of this beer is better than a sip. Okay, I think that. You know, we tend to do more sipping in the show, but I find that I really need, I needed a gulp to get what the what the beer was trying to give me. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I think it's about time to get into some ranking. So, how do you want to rank, Jeff? It's your rank. birthday. Oh wow! Thanks, Greg. Golly. Um, I probably should have started thinking about this while we were wrapping up instead of, you know, just coming into it right now. I liked a lot of these beers tonight. I did, I did. Did you? I did. They're all, actually, when I'm trying to line them up now, they're all really, really tight. I'm going to have to start from the top. When they're this close, I can't build suspense. I just got to figure out which I like best and work my way down from All there. right. So, from the top, I'm trying not to give the Omegang an advantage for being a more flavorful beer than the rest, right? So, I'm going to kind of put in a little bit of a, a handicap in there. So, kind of try to balance them all out, you know, respective of style. Right. I'm just kind of 
annotating what I'm doing here. Let's see, so... Hmm. Yeah, they're all good. <laughs> uh, okay, so number one, I think I'll put the Hardywood single number one. I think that was quite tasty. Um, I think it was a really good drinker. I liked the the body of it. I liked some of the clover, and I believe that one had some pear flavors in it. And I think that was pretty well. I mean, these are all really tied up up in there. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Let's do... I had ignored it the first time you yeah, said it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do Monkey King in second place. Put the Saison, the Elgash Saison in third place. I, I like that Rai character once we figured it out. Uh, I'll... Again, it, it's still very hard. I'm trying to figure out. I, I like the Maniac Session Ale. The Oma Gang took a lot of work to get it to where it needs to be. But once it got there, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll put the Oma Gang in fourth and the Maniac in fifth. But I feel bad about the Maniac because I, I liked that session uh, Grisette-style beer. Like I said, give me a growler of that so I can have like four glasses and be good to go. Normally I have it already written out, but now I need to figure it out too. It, it, it's a hard one for me as well um, for different reasons. Uh, I didn't like all of them, or I didn't love all of them, put that way. But it's still hard for me to order. I'll go from last to first. I agree with Jeff. The many Anyuk is is the the last one. I, I I just found it kind of unimpressive in general. Um, Jeff liked it more than I did. Your own taste may vary. Oh boy, it gets harder now. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Welcome to Juvenile Beer Radio. When you're in a tight space, it gets harder. Up in there. If you uh, if you want to see the alternative logo that's not fit for public <laughs> publication, um, send me an email, and uh, we'll send you a copy of the alternative logo. That yeah. That we're not going to post on social media. It's good. The fourth beer, I'm going to. I think I'm going to put the Monkey King. I'm not sure why. It's just for some reason my brain is saying Monkey King. Brain is saying New Holland. Don't know why. Uh, then Hardywood. I'm really having trouble. My brain is not giving me information. It, it, it's pointing out which one is in, in which order, but it's not giving me the right That's why. Yeah. Then the Amagang, and then the Allagash. I think the Allagash was the most enjoyable of the night. It was the one that I, I, I definitely enjoyed the most. I think the Amagang... That surprises me, brain, because I, I thought the Amagang would go would be a lot further down. The Omegang, if we didn't take the time to work out the CO2, would have easily been in last place yeah. when it was very scrubbing and chalky and, and not bringing the flavors. But once you put the work into that beer of spinning and spinning and spinning, it was really good. Yeah. And, and all the beers tonight were really good. So that's uh, episode 314 of Craft Beer Radio. So thank you for listening to episode 314 of Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is produced under the Creative Commons license. 
Right. You can visit our website to find out what that means. Um, if you want to contact us, there are several ways. You can send us an email. That is beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at craftbeerradio. We have individual Twitters, too. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. You'll notice that our Facebook Craft Beer Radio page is not as nearly as stale as it used to be, but we still don't monitor it. It's just posting the tweets that Craft Beer Radio sends. Um, oh, and in the post show, we want to talk about a question. We actually got an email that was worth answering. Well, <laughs> that's a weird way to put that, it. That's a weird way of putting it. We haven't solicited emails in a very long time, so we get very few emails that are like show questions. Yeah. But we got one from Rory about hops, and I wanted to do it in the main show, but it slipped our minds. So we're going to do it here in the post show. So if you don't normally listen, Rory, tune into the post show. And uh, don't think twice, man. Just do it. It's all right. It's all right. Just do it. Yeah. That would be cool if he did yeah. like the Nike logo way before.